And welcome back to the Battery with Cap and Pat. Hey guys, really exciting show we got lined up here for you today. Our first ever college football player guest is here with us, Darren Granger. A little bit about Darren. He attended Conway High School in Conway, South Carolina, where he played football, basketball, and track. He then went on in college and played his college ball at Furman and then transferred to Georgia State, where he is today. In this last year, he garnered the Camilla Bowl MVP with 203 yards in the air for three touchdowns, added another touchdown on the ground with 122 yards as well. He was a Sunbelt Player of the Week, an FCS National Freshman of the Week, and SOCON All-Freshman Team. He's a sociology major at Georgia State currently and will be graduating in December. So with all that said, again, we're really excited to have you here, Darren. Uh, I know all of our fans here at the Battery are going to look forward to hearing this episode. I'll bring you in on the show. How are you doing today? Appreciate you for having me. How are you doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. You know, we've tried to get a college football player on the show for a while now. And when I got that response from you, I was really excited um, that we were finally able to do that. And I think this show... Should be fun. Um, but with yeah. that said, I'm, I'm going to bring in our co-host, Pat. I know Pat and I have some questions for you about your playing career and just, just some fun questions off the field stuff as well. Um, but I'll let Pat take it away for the first question. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the show, Darren. Obviously, Appreciate really happy to have you out here. You know, first college football player. Seeing you play on Saturdays, pretty cool to watch. Uh, you know, earlier Blake had mentioned that you had played at Furman as well. Uh, I actually had a buddy who plays on Furman's basketball team. Uh, and I was just wondering, what was your recruiting process like out of high school? What ultimately led you to choose Furman? And uh, what were some of the other offers you had? And then what ultimately led to you moving uh, over to Georgia State? Um, so coming out of high school, my senior year of high school, actually, that was my first year starting on varsity as a quarterback. So I didn't start uh, junior through freshman year at um, varsity. So just going through that time and just finally getting my chance and just being able to put up some numbers, I ended up getting some interest from my uh, from Furman, Eastern Kentucky, South Carolina State, uh, Limestone, and just kind of picking up a couple offers in my last uh, uh, year of football. So end up it was like Furman, Eastern Kentucky, and South Carolina State were like my top three at the time. Um, Eastern Kentucky was kind of too far from mom, uh, South Carolina State. It was just kind of the situation, coaching situation. She just wasn't comfortable with it. So Furman was ultimately the kind of last choice. And going down there and seeing how I felt, talking to the coaches, me and some of the players that I was going to come in with, kind of felt like a, a great fit at the time. So out of all my options, that was kind of the best one for me to kind of jump into and then kind of start my career. And then I want to say, so that was, I was there two and a half years. Met some great people. We enjoyed my time there. And around like the COVID, the COVID stuff kind of hit and we were out of season and it was like some other stuff going on with this, the team or whatever. Kind of just kind of look for the, like the benefit for me and my family and just where I could kind of develop my game and just kind of get the better exposure and, went into the transfer portal and George State came calling and there was there was no turning down coming to Atlanta and playing football down here. For sure. And you know, it's interesting that you bring up the COVID situation because Pat and I, we played at Chicago, that's where we played. We played at Chicago State University when that uh, COVID season actually hit. 
And ironically, we were actually playing Hawaii. We were in Hawaii. And so we, uh, I guess if there's any time that your season's going to get canceled, I guess being in Hawaii for like five days is going to be the, going to be the time that you want that to happen. But in your opinion, when that whole COVID, when, when everything with COVID happened and team seasons were getting canceled and football, baseball, pretty much everything in basketball, even what was your mindset when COVID was going on that'll still allowed you to stay competitive in your sport. And when gyms were closed, really everything that you had to do was at home. How were you still able to stay competitive and still play at the highest level of college football? Uh, you know, it's crazy. It was, it was just so funny when all of it hit because we're, I was at Furman and we're literally leaving for spring break the week before that. Like we left, you know, saying your goodbyes to all your friends. We'll see you when we get back. Never came back for uh, <laughs> COVID. So like that was crazy. But just coming home and just really what kept me together and what kept me competitive was all my friends coming back home, all my college athlete friends that I have come back home and we just shoot i know i know it's COVID, but shoot we could go go to the field if it's just us you know keep our distance you know but still get our work in and still be competitive stuff like that still had um uh it was like so i'm like close to coastal so they have like uh some gyms at like their uh apartment housing and stuff like that so some of my friends would sneak in there go get a couple lifts in if we needed to, stuff like that. So just trying to find ways to just stay in shape, really, and just kind of not be too lazy during the whole time. You don't know when you go go back. So just trying to make sure you are ready so you don't have to get ready, basically. For sure. And that's awesome to hear that you were able to do that. That's a funny story about being able to sneak into some of the Coastals. And we're going to talk about Coastal here in a little bit. Um, but enough COVID talk for right now. And, and you know, Again, we mentioned how Pat and I, we, we played at the Division One level. We understand that there are some great environments. I know the, the, the baseball attendance is completely different from what you see uh, in any given Saturday in any college football stadium. You know, we've, we've played at Auburn, we've played at Louisville, and we, we understand what those environments can be like. But you've played at some great venues yourself. I mean, you played at Auburn, Clemson, North Carolina, just to name a few. Uh, in, in your opinion, what has been the best environment that you've played in your career? Um, I would say it's probably a toss up for Auburn and Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech playing them kind of early in the season. And it was a noon game, and the sandstorm entrance they have. That was crazy. And then just being at Auburn, just that SEC feel and just it just was kind of different, different environment. Uh, they made big plays. It got real loud in there. So like. That was a crazy experience too. So probably a toss up between those two were probably like my best experiences. And we're gonna we're gonna kind of stay on that Auburn topic. Uh, you saw the post that we had of you throwing that touchdown, uh, yeah. taking the lead there in the second quarter. Uh, but you know, speaking of great environments, you you played at that Jordan Hare Stadium, the home of the Auburn Tigers, and and going into the half, you guys had the lead against the twenty third ranked team, a twelve point lead. Um, and really, we're one defensive stop away from beating them on their home turf. Uh, with that experience, you guys head back into SEC country in week one as you take on the Gamecocks of South Carolina. You guys got eight guys returning on the offensive side of the ball. Does, it, does this experience help you in hostile crowds? And, and what's the game plan to spoil Spencer Rattler's debut as a South Carolina Gamecock? You know, I feel good to have 
a bunch of guys back that you've done been through a season with and you got knowledge of how they play and uh, their tendencies or whatever. So just coming back with all those guys, we all have the same goal. We all want to put up points on the offensive end. We all want to be explosive and we just want to make plays and just having everybody back and everybody being on the same page, just make everything smoother and make everything easier. And for the South Carolina game, you know, that's our coach, coach there. We had uh, even our running back played there. So just even having those those kind of momentum, we got a bunch of people from South Carolina on our team. So just going back to South Carolina and being able to spoil what they got going on there at the start of the season would be great for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're excited to go back, you know, to play in front of the, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you get to show up. Um, like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. Um, so what are some of the things, you know, you worked on, did you do anything differently during the COVID off season per se, as compared to a regular off season, uh, for your, like when all that hit and, uh, you know, what I I'm, I'm just with the eight guys that you are bringing back on the offensive side, I'm going to say your offense is going to be pretty good, you know? You guys went 7-1 down the stretch, which was really impressive to see. You actually beat one of uh, my hometown schools, Ball State, in the bowl. So that was pretty cool. Um, but obviously, you know, like, what was the difference in training, uh, like I said, in the COVID year and the regular offseason? And, you know, what, what, what is the mindset for you guys going into this season to hopefully be a great season for you guys? Um, I would say the big difference is just kind of uh, the team camaraderie that you miss during the COVID. So like you're, you're home or even when we came back to school during COVID, it was still not, we still couldn't do like a bunch of like team stuff. So it was a bunch of uh, groups and you got to split up and you kind of going with different guys, different days and stuff like that. So like now when you come into the off season now and you have, your conditioning and your lifting and stuff, you can have bigger groups and you have more team stuff and you fight through things with your teammates and you go through these battles, these conditionings and all these these times that you got to make and stuff like that. Those are the things that you kind of need to build a team and kind of build what, what we need to be successful in the season. In talking about being successful, and I know Pat brought it up a little bit about how you guys finished that seven and one down the stretch with a bowl victory. You guys started out one and four last year. I know there were some tougher opponents that you faced earlier in the year, ultimately finishing seven and one. Could you talk a little bit about what turned around for you guys and how you plan on taking that momentum into this season? I really just felt like our team just took leadership of what we were doing. I mean, we started one and four. We finally got that first win versus Charlotte. And we like we could actually play like we can we can play with people stuff like that. So just kind of just bringing the team together. Like once we started conference and we started winning a couple games, when the, I want to say we went to ULM and we, we, we put up some numbers that game. So just kind of getting, just kind of getting the ball rolling and just kind of coming together as a team and just saying like, guys, like we can, we can do this. Like we can win ball games. We are not a one in four team. Like we're not your normal one in four team. So just going out there and really just going out there and competing and just having some pride at what we got going on here. I got you. And so I told you we were going to talk a little bit about Conway. Um, and with Conway, obviously, we're going to talk about uh, Coastal Carolina. 
And, yeah. and being in the Sun Belt, uh, you know, you're going to be play them every year. And, and I mean, Coastal and, and Appalachian State have kind of been those two premier teams that you've seen in the Sun Belt in recent years. Last year, you went back to your hometown and completed 18 of 24 for 198 through the air with two touchdowns. What was that like going back to your home team, playing on that blue turf and, and just beating them? That was, I want to say that was probably the craziest experience I've ever been a part of. Just literally coming out to warm-ups and seeing a whole group of your family just sitting at the top of the stands. Just, that was crazy just to see. And just going, even going in the middle of the game and just playing the game and seeing friends here, old high school teachers here. Like, it, it was just crazy. Old football coaches from rec league. Like, it was just crazy experience for me. And just being able to experience that with my family and everything and just being able to come out with a win with my team was just was a great overall experience for me. How many people do you think you had there that night? I couldn't even count. A lot. <laughs> a, lot of t- <laughs> a lot of tickets were out there. <laughs> there was a bunch of tickets out there. That's right. It was a bunch of fans going on. That's awesome, man. That was that had to been so cool and such a great experience. With with the with the Coastal Carolina topic in the air, what is it like playing on that blue turf? Do you like that? Is it different? Is there anything that changes? Like what what is that like playing on blue turf? I don't think anything changes. It's just still turf, but I mean it's cool to play on. It's definitely cool to play on because it's blue. And you know, it's just something different that you get to play on instead of just the green regular turf that every other field has. So it's, it was it was cool. And, uh, that was the first time ever playing on it. I think my high school actually, we did a jamboree there, and we had played a game because our field had flooded. And both of those games I did not play, so like that was my first time ever playing on that field, and it was it was great. So we got a few more questions for you here today before we we, we send you off. And I, I know Pat's going to lead us off here. These are kind of just just fun questions, just to see. Like I said, we're going to do some um, on the field, off the field stuff, and just. Kind of pick your brain while you're here. So uh, I know Pat's got the next one. Yeah. Uh, so obviously looking at you as a player, watching you play, um, very versatile. You're not just like a, you know, you're not just a, I'm going to take off and run the ball if I get under pressure. <clears throat> you can throw the ball and run the ball really well. So grown, like, I guess the question for me would be like growing up, like who did you kind of mirror your game after? Or who like, who, who did you want to be like growing up? And who do you like model your game after now? If did if it changed at all? Um, most likely like Deshaun Watson. I feel like we kind of had like the same body type, kind of same improvising skills, just being able to throw and run. And it's not really like a force run. It's just being able to really improvise and just being able to make plays outside the pocket. So that was a big guy, and kind of still is just not being able to see him play right now. But that was still kind of the guy that I still model my game after who I would feel like that if if I compare myself to anybody that would be the guy Deshaun Watson okay when when you when you played at Clemson was that Trevor Lawrence or was Watson still there that was the Trevor Lawrence first year that was first year yeah that was 15 and 0 year that they went I gotcha so (laughs) it's it's funny that you bring up Deshaun because you know I'm my grandfather actually played football he's a running back at Clemson um, so I've always been a Clemson fan, like growing up and, um, so yeah, I loved wa- watching Deshaun go through college. It was and for him to never win a Heisman, in my opinion, was kind of, that's a, that, he cheated out of that, you know? Crazy. So 
with other young athletes, we always like to talk to guys like yourself to, because you got, you've been through it. So you have the advice for it. Do you have any advice for young athletes trying to get to the college level and for college athletes currently that are considering entering the transfer portal? What is that process like and, and what, what advice do you have for them? So overall advice for kids like high school guys that are trying to get to college and college level players that are thinking about moving to the, into the transfer portal. I want to say for like the young athletes, just have the ability to adapt and have the ability to be coached. I feel like those are two main things that kind of will set you apart and just kind of keep you out of float and not have you drowning once you get to college. Just being able to adapt to any situation that you go through, just anything that happens with the team, you know, you have coaches that leave, you have teammates that leave. Just being able to adapt in those situations, those scenarios that you go through throughout college would be great. And then the ability to be coached. I mean, you have the ability to be coached. Coaches want to put you on the field. Coaches want to want to work with you. Coaches will do anything to help you out. So just being able to be coached and listen to what's being taught would kind of set you, set you on the right path, I would say. And what was the other question, my fault? Uh, so the, other, the second part of that question would be, uh, college level players currently, could you go over a little bit about what the transfer portal process was like and any advice that you would give them? So my process, when I went through it, I uh, had to contact my athletic director, kind of get my forms or whatever, my release forms. And so before I did all my release forms, I mean, I felt like it would be great for you to talk to your coaches, kind of let them know what you're about to do. Cause you can't, you can, enter the portal and not let anybody know like you could do all that by yourself and none of your coaches will know so it'll be great for you to just kind of let your coaches know what you're you're planning on doing so I did all that and you turn it in and literally by probably like the next morning it was already in it was literally already on Twitter before I even got my confirmation email about me kind of being released from the program um so kind of that process went, and then it's basically high school recruiting all over again. And man, I, I probably it's probably even tougher now that there's so many people in there. But it's basically high school recruiting again. They're trying to um, get your GPA. They're trying to get your uh, some film from you. They're trying to get all these things that you already been through. Your their high school recruiting, like I said. So that's basically my perspective on it. Just. You're going through it all over again. You just basically start over all over again. Yeah, you know, so, uh, I'm just going to take it over just for a second here, Pat. Talking yeah, about you got it. it. Go ahead. Um, and then I'll let you go. But um, so both Pat and I had eligibility left. At, so COVID hit. They, sh they actually shut down our program, our baseball program. So we kind of all got scrambled for – Yeah, it, it was not fun, trust me. <laughs> it was crazy because they did the same thing at Furman. They did the same thing at Furman. They cut the baseball program. Right, look, you're right about that. That is look, true. I, I remember hearing that because I remember like their top three pitchers actually, I think, went to Clemson. Um, one, so one went to Notre Dame. One went to Notre Dame. Yeah, I remember that. That's true. But yeah, it was, it, it was crazy because they left us and they didn't decide to actually cut the program until about August. <laughs> so we all had about we all had about a month to scramble and try to find a a situ or a, a, a university or college to go play at, and luckily. I would say most of us found a, a good opportunity, um, but for them to do that wasn't wasn't fair to the, the student, yeah. athlete, you know. So, 
Um, but yeah, I know how that transfer portal process can work and it's a doozy sometimes, you know, like you got people that you've never even heard of from everywhere in the country trying to blow up your Twitter or your Instagram, whatever it might be. Right. But yeah, I, I again, I, I definitely understand how that can be crazy and what that process is. is it, it, it's fun because you know, people want to make, yeah. make contact with you, but at some point it's kind of, it's kind of like stressful, you know, but I'll let you back on uh, and answer his question. So, like, he just mentioned we were – obviously, all of us have been in the transfer portal. Did, like it, – it really got, like, for me, it really got annoying being in the transfer portal because, like, I swear, man, every day it was like, hi, we'd like for you to come play for us. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, there were schools reaching out to us that we had never heard of before. And – you know, like obviously when we committed to Chicago State and we that's where I was going to finish out my career. I'm sure that's what Blake had intentions on doing also. Like that's what you know, that's where we wanted to go. So when we entered the portal, like you said, you know, you had to redo everything. Did you ever just get to the point in the portal where you were just like, man, when it like when is this just going to end? Um, I don't I want to say. I'm, I might have got to that point a little bit, just kind of with having to stay up to date with these coaches, <laughs> all these you up. And for me, I kind of wanted to move up from FCS. So kind of all the D2 coaches kind of hitting me up at the time. Just, you know, I'm appreciative for it, but that's kind of not the route I want to go. So that was kind of, again, overwhelming a little bit. But this, it was, I might was kind of a short period of time. I want to say I left the third if I could if I'm thinking of this right the third and I might have committed like the 23rd or something like that 24th okay. so it was kind of a short period of time for me and just still even in that amount of time just having to deal with those phone calls those twitter messages all that <laughs> it, was, it was every day just non-stop like I, nah. like it was just it was it was on like it it just got to the point where it's like man just give me Give me a school and, like, just give me a chance to go play somewhere. That's all I want. Trying, trying to find transcripts, trying to be yeah. able to get <laughs> Yeah. So we got one last question before we wrap up here, Darren. I know this is your your senior season. Uh, is this your last year of eligibility as well, I would assume? No, I have one year if I want to use oh. it. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so, well, with your two years of eligibility, obviously, so you have two more years, um, this is kind of a question moving on uh into possibly playing professional football obviously there's way more leagues than just the nfl now you you got the arena football league and you saw the usfl that's they just yeah. wrapped their season would you consider after playing wrapping up your your career at georgia state would you consider playing in one of these leagues yeah for sure i mean if the, the nfl doesn't work out you know that's the main goal if that doesn't work out uh, the, the usfl had a great season this year I feel like they they play some good games and they put out some good like production out there. So I mean that wouldn't be a bad program to be in. I, arena football isn't bad. I mean, just being out there to go and play the game that I love and just kind of getting paid for it just would be great. For sure. Well, man, this has been really fun. You know, we really appreciate this. Maybe even after the season, after after you uh, have a great season, you can come back on the show and and we can kind of wrap up the college football season. That'd be something you'd want to do. I appreciate it, man. You know, it's been an honor. I appreciate y'all having me on here. It's been great.
for sure. Again, we really appreciate it. Everybody here at the Battery really appreciates it. Well, Battery fans, make sure you catch Darren live and in action September 3rd for week one of the college football season as Georgia State takes on the Gamecocks of South Carolina. They square off on SEC Network or the ESPN app at 6.30 Eastern. Again, from all of us here, Darren, we really appreciate it. And to all of our Battery fans, I'm signing off for the producer, Mike, my co-host, Pat, and myself. We'll see you all next week. Have a good one. We'll